Thanks for tuning in to Disaster League, starring Lydia as Penelope Thorne, Riley as Ryder Dice, Ollie as Russell, Rusty Hiker, and I'm Rose, your GM. Disaster League is an actual play podcast based on the poker roll system and is not suitable for youngsters. Welcome to Disaster League Episode 0. Before we launch into the story with Episode 1, we thought we'd give you a quick primer on each character and their story beginnings, which weren't recorded. Thank you for listening, and enjoy. Hi, my name is Ollie, and I play Russell Hiker, better known as Rusty. We're both men, and we both use male pronouns. Rusty is a pretty average guy. He comes off a little quiet and awkward sometimes, but he's actually very friendly, and he cares about Pokemon and their well-being more than anything else. In terms of appearance, he looks a lot like me, but since we've probably never met, and this is an audio medium, I'll go into more detail. He's fairly tall, about 5'9", and sturdily built, like not stacked, but definitely has that country boy reliability. This is not currently accurate to me, because I just had surgery. Also, I'm depressed and don't exercise. Besides that, he's got light skin, probably some kind of tan since he goes outside, uh, short cropped brown hair, green eyes, and a lot of freckles. He typically wears a black t-shirt and slightly shorter than modest shorts, along with his work clothes and hiking boots, and fanny pack. He keeps Pokemon treats in there. Now, who is this sturdy lad? Where did he come from? Well, Rusty grew up on a small farm out in the woods, and as soon as he was able to, he joined the Pokemon Rangers. He's a very dedicated nature cop and loves the cause almost as much as he loves Pokemon. That's about it, really. Anyway, you're listening to this for plot, so let's get into it. As part of his ranger training, Rusty is being loaned, interned, foisted upon, I don't know, they're sending him to Professor Rosewood out in big old Jubilife City, who's wonderful and beautiful and amazing and also has a job for him or something, I guess. Rusty hasn't had much real-world experience or trainer training, so it's a good opportunity. On his way into the city, Rusty gets accosted by a pretty frantic little Murkrow who leads him down the road to a group of fucking bastards, and by that I mean poachers, who are trying to get at a totodile, presumably without losing any fingers. Rusty confronts them like a good boy, despite the three to one odds, and because he's a super cool and intimidating ranger who they don't know is just in training and can't actually arrest them yet, two of the poachers take off. The one that stays is Plymouth, the asshole in charge, and he monologues for a bit with his Pokemon Texas accent about how he's gonna teach Rusty a lesson and then make some nice totodile skin boots, because he's an asshole and a terrible person. So Rusty teams up with the Murkrow and they kick Plymouth's abhorrent little ass, 
I feel bad for his scarred-up Growlithe, but it ran off into the woods, and I hope Plymouth never fucking gets it back because it deserves better. Anyway, Plymouth runs off too because he's a shitty little man, and Rusty lets him because he's more worried about the Totodile. The Bitey Boy is okay though, and they bond over rifling through a bag the poachers left behind and either eating or taking whatever's in it. Obviously, Rusty already loves these two Pokemon more than his own life, and since he's a trainer with no team, he asks if they want to come with him. They say yes. As much as Pokemon can say anything, since they're Pokemon and don't talk, usually. So, crisis averted and new babies in tow, now named Chompy and Beauregard. You can probably guess which is which. Rusty heads into the big city, where he meets up with Rosewood, who's a bit of a disaster, but so valid. They bond over some pizza, and she gives him a nifty little Pokemon smartwatch thing, and says they'll meet up tomorrow with a couple other trainers and go over the job in greater detail. After that, he stops by the Pokemon League office to let them know about Plymouth, since he's a ranger and that's like, his job. Becca the League rep flirts with him a lot, and it's kinda sad and super awkward since Rusty is definitely 100% very gay and also dense, and obviously neither of them know how to talk to people. It feels like a hundred million years, but it's actually over pretty quick, and Rusty finally makes his way to the Pokemon Center, where he gets his new boys checked over and takes a really, really fucking long nap, aka goes to bed. Then when he wakes up, he'll get to start his Pokemon adventure and meet all kinds of new people and friends and Pokemon and hopefully nobody dies. And there you have it. Everything you need to know about Ranger Russell Rusty Hiker in all his gay forest dork glory and his funky little lads Chompy the Totodile and Beauregard the Murkrow, ready to take on whatever Rose, I mean the world, throws at them. Hi, I'm Riley Heimer. My pronouns are they, them, and I play as Ryder Dice, a non-binary future ace trainer. When it comes to people, Ryder isn't very comfortable. They prefer the company of Pokemon, having grown up helping out at the local daycare, and making more friends with Pokemon than kids at their age. They're fascinated by how different methods of training can affect Pokemon, making them stronger and more bonded with their trainers. It's one of the reasons their goal is to become an ace trainer, rather than follow in their parents' footsteps in training service Pokemon. I tried to veer away from making a self-insert, despite how that was my knee-jerk reaction when I started playing. Ryder's got pretty long, unkempt, dyed red hair. Uh, green eyes, they're white, leaning on the pale side. They're pretty average in both height and stature, not strong or remarkable physically. Ryder can usually be seen wearing a neon green crop top, a gray jacket, um, baggy jeans with a belt that's too long, and a snapback. When Ryder's adventure first started off, they'd finally graduated from trainer school in Jube Life City. Their only plan at the time was to go visit the Pokemon shelter they volunteered at, so they could officially adopt two Pokemon they'd bonded with, an Oshawott named Ariel and a Shinx named Shiloh. When Ryder arrived at the shelter, the owners were out, so Ryder let themselves in and went to grab the paperwork for the adoption. However, before they could, there was a knocking on the front door. Ryder went to tell whoever it was that the shelter was closed, but the stranger ran off down the street as soon as they approached. Then there was an explosion. The back office had a massive hole blown into its side. 
and two Team Galactic grunts came in. They started searching through one of the computers in the office, and after making sure the Pokemon were okay, uh, Ryder came charging in and hit the nearest grunt with their textbook. That grunt was knocked down, and the other one ran away rather quickly. The first grunt obviously wasn't really happy about this, and they tried to attack Ryder with her Pokemon. But in a wild stroke of luck, both of the Pokeballs that she brought with her were empty. Ryder was quick to call the police, and that other grunt fled, but not before warning them that this wasn't over. After giving their statement to the police and making sure the shelter's owners knew about the event, Ryder officially adopted Ariel and Shiloh. They were directed to the local Pokemon expert, Professor Rosewood, and spoke with her at her lab. It was a lot like getting to meet Bill Nye for the first time. Following some pretty casual conversation about getting uh, your workplace blown up, Rosewood gave them a Poketch, on the condition, though, that Ryder promised to return the very next morning. After leaving the lab, Ryder went back to their dorm and took a well-deserved rest after such an eventful evening. Hopefully, the next morning, they'll be able to hit the road with Ariel and Shiloh. Hello, I'm Lydia, and I play Penelope. We're both ladies who use she-her pronouns. Um, Forgive me if I'm a bit giggly. It's a defense mechanism to try and avoid being perceived as awkward, which is truly a fate worse than death. Even though it's true. Anyway, let me tell you about Penelope, who I will not even bother telling you is not like the biggest self-insert I've ever played. She's short, about 5'2", five, 5'1 five, and 3 quarters, which, yes, there will be jokes made about. She's just a little chubby, all soft and squishy around the edges. Got medium skin tone, white but not pale, off-white, I guess. <laughs> and brown eyes and hair. Her hair's pretty long, so she usually braids it up in a crown. Her usual look is like shorts with some kind of oversized top, usually a sweater, and some good sturdy boots. She's like a nature girl, kind of. She loves all living things. Think singing good morning to flowers as you water them, talking to ravens when you see them, giving tired bees sugar water. Think walking through a forest where the air is fresh and quiet besides the ambient noise of all the living creatures around that you can't see but know are there. Moss taking over a structure, wildflowers growing through an old ribcage. That's what I'm going for. Oh shit, yeah, I'm supposed to do things besides wax poetic about my desired aesthetic. Um, so my session zero! Gotta warn you, I'm basically the boring one, but anyway. Penelope was hiking in the area and decided to go see Professor Rosewood, because one, she wanted to learn more about Pokemon, since you see them every day, both in the wild and out, and two, wouldn't you casually drop in on Bill Nye to ask some questions if you had the chance? So, she goes to Rosewood's lab, um, and found a commotion going on inside. Something tells me that seeing Rosewood's lab in a state of disarray isn't uncommon, uh, and this was basically right in line with that. The professor and her Pokemon were desperately trying to chase a tiny ball of fluff, also known as an Eevee, uh, 
who was causing just about as much ruckus as she could manage. Uh, she made for the door, but Penelope closed it on time, so the Evie settled for jumping onto Penelope's shoulder. What an honor. <laughs> Rosewood told her that this Evie had historically, like, low-key hated being picked up, but there she was. Rosewood had been hoping to evolve the Eevee into a Jolteon, but told Penelope she was fine with giving the Eevee to her since they already seemed to get along so well. She's so kind and amazing. Uh, I guess because of the Eevee's vouching for Penelope, Rosewood asked her if she would be willing to help out with a task in the field. She was going fishing for a Chincho, which is like an electric water Pokemon, and it would be a lot easier with a helper. Penelope agreed because she'd just been giving a Pokemon, and also why not, you know? <laughs> so they went down to the river, and Penelope started fishing. When, suddenly, bursting forth from the water with a dramatic splash, was a Magikarp. Now, I will love Magikarp until the day I die, and if anyone tries to roast me for it, first of all, I'm impervious. Secondly, evaluate what it is about yourself that makes you hate good and wonderful things. So Rosewood didn't need this Magikarp, but she was just flopping around, as Magikarp do, 100% of the time. Um, and Penelope was absolutely delighted, so she asked the Magikarp if she wanted to join her on her new Eevee. The Magikarp was pretty blank, but seemed chill with the idea overall, so Penelope borrowed a Pokeball from Professor Rosewood and caught the new girl. <laughs> She even managed to catch a chincho for Professor Rosewood a little while later. And Rosewood even let Penelope keep the fishing rod. So they went to the Pokemon Center, get Penelope's trainer's license, and then back to the lab where she was able to ask all her questions about wild Pokemon and her new friends. Um, before Penelope left, Rosewood gave her a fancy Pokemon smartwatch. It's called a Pokecatch, but we all know. Um, and asked her to come back the next day to meet her and two other trainers to talk about some kind of, like, job slash assistance? Penelope agreed, because, yeah, uh, and went to the Pokemon Center to bike down for the night with her new wonderful ladies, who she named Kaiju, the Magikarp, and Daisy Puff, the Eevee. So, that's it. Penelope Thorn, nature girl and her sweet, amazing daughters, all primed and ready to go on a Pokemon adventure. This was all just an elaborate plot to get you to listen to me ramble about my OC, so thank you for listening. And there you have it, our three trainers, ready to set off on their very own Pokemon adventure. Thank you for listening. Disaster League is written and produced by Rose McLean, Riley Heimer, Lydia Dame, and Ollie Carr. You can find us at DisasterLeague.com and follow us on Twitter at Disaster underscore League. Thanks for listening.